Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. It's kind of like when you listen to Metal Up Your Podcast, you go on and on, and then you die. Welcome to Melop Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 177, and we're uh, continuing on with the St. Anger world. And we're going to uh, kick back with a cold beverage, mm. relax in our sports gear, mm-hmm. and we're going to watch the bonus DVD from St. Anger. Yeah. I mean, we're just trucking right through 2003. And I'm excited about this even more so than the record. We were just talking about this off air, where it's nice to see the boys playing it live. This is the only time they played a few of these songs live. Purify? Purify, an invisible kid. And maybe my world, I don't know. I'm sure someone can look that up, but uh, it's cool. The boys seem excited. They're in HQ. We get to see Rob playing bass. Uh, they have a lot of energy. The guitars sound good. The drums are a little better. The snare is still kind of off. But. It's a little tangy, but uh, once the full band is playing, it kind of gets buried a little bit. This is also the first time Rob is like officially on camera with the band, mm-hmm. besides audition stuff like performing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm stoked. I can't wait to listen to it, and uh, we're just going to pummel our audience with more sane anger. That's what the next. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what the next several weeks are going to be. But we're going to do it together, and we're going to be having that's fun. That's right. And this is uh, last week was our first time back together uh, since quarantine. This is our second week back together, and this is our first time back together HQ one. It's good to be back. It's 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 late at night. Normally we're at Clint's house during the day, uh, but here we are. It's uh, I don't know what time it is anymore. I don't know what anything is. Anymore. I don't think it matters. It's fall, right? <laughs> I don't know. I wear sandals in the fall. Yeah, you look very comfy, very summery. <laughs> Thank you. I like your Bulls jersey. Thank you. I'm repping 23. I'm repping the uh, 1985 rookie season jersey. Love it. Love it. Which is my favorite all of, out of all of his jerseys. And uh, I didn't quite have the courage to wear my uh, my new uh, Jordan kicks over here because I'm I, I've got that problem where you buy these new kicks and you love them so much you don't want to go outside in them. I understand. Yeah, I mean you want. I, I mean I do that with regular shoes where it's like I gotta keep them clean. Right. There was a time in my, in my life where I there buy, was a time in my life when I was so broken hearted. Love wasn't much. Love of mine. mine. Sick harmonies. Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, there was a time where I would like scuff up my shoes the day I got them. Yeah, but like Converse and stuff, you know, not expensive. When you're buying some Air Jordans, mm-hmm. you want to make those things last. Absolutely, you know absolutely. What I'm saying? But the but we are keeping t- the uh, spirit of twenty three. Uh, of course, the last dance. Everyone's been going nuts about it. You've mm-hmm. got a few more episodes left. I'm on my third or fourth watch of the whole series. I love it. And uh, I've, I've even been watching old Bulls games from the uh, from the '90s. Yeah, so. if, you, if you haven't seen that yet, it, even if you're not a basketball fan, which you were not really, right? No, not really. I mean, I've always been a Jordan fan. But that was, I mean, every, I mean, everyone loved Jordan. Everyone you know? did. Didn't matter. Like I was, a, I grew up a Lakers fan, Dodgers, um, you know, from the LA area. And even as a Lakers fan, loving Magic Johnson and Kareem and all these dudes, mm-hmm. you couldn't not love Michael Jordan. 
Well, and there are a lot of uh, sort of spiritual threads with MJ to the Lakers. You know, Magic mm-hmm. Johnson was a guy that one of the two players that Jordan really wanted to be, which was Magic Johnson and, of course, Larry Bird. And then, you know, Phil Jackson would go on to coach Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal with yep. the Lakers and do another three, his third three Another three Pete. I'm pretty sure he's the only coach with three three Pete's on his resume. And that motherfucker had two of his own rings as a player from the Knicks. Yep. So he's got a couple. His autobiography is called 11 Rings. <laughs> Couldn't be more direct. But, you know, I we won't talk much about this. By the way, welcome to the show. We are an All Metallica podcast. If you don't know that by now, get buckle up. They're like, what is this Bulls podcast we're listening but to? But I, I have been receiving a, some lighthearted ribbing from my friends because I've obviously gone in really deep you with have, my, yeah. my love for MJ. and uh, But there's a little bit of misunderstanding about that. I mean, I... I'm not your typical musician that like makes fun of sports. I never right. really have been that. No, you haven't. I played sports when I was a kid. I loved MJ when I was a kid. And I have a connection with MJ because when he left in 94 to play baseball, he played for the uh, the minor league team, the White Sox minor league team, which was the Birmingham Barons. Yeah. So we were going to see Jordan play baseball, you know, when I was growing up that year right. all the time. And uh, he, he transcends the game. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest player ever in the NBA and one of the greatest athletes of all time. Absolutely. So, especially at a time like now, I mean, you know, without without trying to sound too dramatic, he's just straight up my hero. I mean, watching this documentary, I'm, uh, I finished episode seven last night. Yeah. So, uh, when we conclude recording this, you know, I may edit it tomorrow morning, maybe tonight, but I'm probably squeezing episode nine tonight. And really watching this stuff, I mean, there's so much stuff that I didn't know about him. You know, you think, you know, I've, I've been watching Jordan forever. You think you know. you know someone. You really think you, you do, You think you honey. know a celebrity that you don't know. That's right, honey. Um, but it's been so fun to watch it, and especially being a Lakers fan and seeing Phil Jackson and seeing footage of them playing Lakers. Even Michael Jordan, you know, in, in current footage, talking about how, you know, Magic Johnson's the best point guard of all time. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know. It's just so cool for me as a Lakers fan to hear that stuff and to see that stuff. But yeah, same thing. It's, it's a very inspiring story. Well, and, at, you know, at a time when the world is so crazy and, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but my mental health is is uh, on the fucking razor's edge, bro. Yeah. And I have very good days and then I have very, very dark days. And so Michael Jordan has been helping me get through it, you know, obviously the story of his career, but but also just uh, uh, just philosophically, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who inspires people to to be to to uh, strive for something bigger than themselves right and uh the determination the you know the dominance just that 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 addiction not necessarily addiction but that need to win Mm -hmm. that encouragement to win for him it was it is like an addiction you Mm -hmm. know and uh i was even watching it you know in in relating it to metallica just you know what james has gone through and his Mm -hmm. sobriety and stuff like that and kind of getting knocked down coming back multiple times um it's probably the best way to relate it to this podcast, but sure. But I mean, James is kind of that figure for me sometimes too, where it's Same. like a guy that has just pushed and pushed and pushed and, and done so well and become a hero of ours. And when you see him get knocked down a little bit, it's like, ugh, you know, like when people were giving Michael Jordan shit for all their gambling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see him kind of rise above all that is is that encouraging point of the whole story that makes you want to be a better person and do the same thing. Absolutely, and 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 in that way, for me, that it's not. Um the thread is just really clear. It's it's not a. Uh, it seems weird for people to to people who don't know me so well actually to. Uh, it seems like a big leap and a big jump, but actually the the thread between someone like James Hetfield and MJ for me is pretty clear. Right. 
just heroes, you know, who inspire me to be a better person. And He's who, the Michael Jordan of metal. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he thinks about that. So, okay, so we're going to get into this Metallica stuff. Now, we have a pretty fun episode, right? So we, Ethan and I got together and decided we've been getting some emails about some of our past characters that we right. haven't heard from in a bit. And we just decided to just put a lot of fun sauce in this episode. Yeah, so we're going to be, be, yeah. be hearing from Torben. We're going to be hearing from Pawpaw. He's got some poetry ready. Yeah, the Joyces. The Joyces uh, have been getting into some Craigslist misconnections. This might be one of the most anticipated uh, segments in quite a while. Because we haven't heard from the Joyces in this regard mm-hmm. in, what, two years? It's been a minute. It's been a while, you know. So uh, a lot of requests for that. So I think we're going to hear the Joyces dip into some yeah, misconnections. So let's jump into some of the housekeeping and knock it out before we get into uh, the St. Anger Live bonus DVD. And uh, what can we do? Can we blow through it? How do we do this? Let's blow through it. Hey, listen, we have iTunes. We have Patreon. iTunes, go leave us a review. It's super easy. We Mm -hmm. talk about this all the time. No need to say much more. Leave us a five-star review, a little review, a little blurb if you'd like. It's the easiest way to support the show. It only takes a second. It goes a long way. It's free. There's a lot of people out there making great podcasts. A lot of people out there making great Metallica podcasts. That's right. So, uh, you know, if you think this one's good and you like it and you want other people to hear it, you want to grow the metal up your podcast community the way that we do, um, you know, we bust our ass every week to make this stuff. Your way of helping alongside listening is to just go leave that review. Uh, if you really like the show, you're going to hear a commercial later how to get involved on Patreon. We've got two new patrons. At the very minimum, we like to give them a shout out. So we want to say thank you to Andrew Butselis and Romina. We're gonna Romina. Clap. We're going to clap for that. Thank you so much, guys, for the support in Patreon. And, uh, We've been doing these quarantine covers, so you get all sorts of stuff over there at Patreon. You've heard all about it. The, mm-hmm. Of course, the four volumes of cover are World Blackened. Four of them, yeah. It's three of them are Metallica. The, uh, the Volume three is our, our tribute to the big four of grunge. Absolutely. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, and Def Leppard. Def Leppard, of course, yeah. Uh, but only the first record from like 1970. Right, so which is very grunge. Very grunge, yeah. Uh, but one of the things we've been doing that's kind of coming to a close is the quarantine covers, where we've let patrons yeah. decide which songs we cover. We've been doing two a week. And we've got a big surprise for the last two. Do we want uh, to tell people what no, it is? No, I don't think we should tell people yet. Okay. I think just saying that is, an, is enough okay. of a surprise and anticipation. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. Um, we're only going to post a clip of it on social. So right. if you want to hear the whole thing and all of these, join us on Patreon. But yeah, as you're listening to this episode right now on a Monday, uh, we've released our 24th and 20, wait, 24th and 25th mm-hmm, cover. Mm-hmm. So 26 and 27 are a special treat, so look forward to that. And you're going to get all those in immediate download of all those songs when you go decide to support us on Patreon. So thanks for that. You'll hear a commercial. You'll know what to do, Do honey, it, please. honey. Come on, please. Do it, Felucius. And Valentino. He appreciates it. We're all on the socials. Instagram Live is the thing we've been doing kind of off and on where you get to come hang out with us. Uh, but Instagram's kind of where we're most active. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. You fuck. Ethan's other podcast is called The Pirate Satellite. My other podcast with Bob Schneider is called I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. And before we jump into the emails, we want to remind you all that you can email us anytime you want. Anytime of the morning, day. Morning, noon, night, and day. I don't, that, which is the reason I don't have my push notifications for my emails on my phone. Because I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Because we get so many, yeah. <sighs> We're just flooded. Oh, totally. <laughs> Seriously. It's like Santa Claus with oh, like God. mail. It's like, which yes. one do we read today? Which hundreds of these do we Seriously. read today? It's, it's like, like who's totally. naughty or nice? Well, it's like, these shows rule. These shoes suck. Yeah, no joke. These shoes rule. I don't want the pumps. I want the Air Jordans. These shoes suck. Okay, uh, so it's Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. We're going to dip in now and read five of these from the Metal Up Your Podcast community. And usually it's just an interesting excuse to talk about Metallica. So here's the deal moving forward with emails. If you want Ethan and I to talk about something, 
All you got to do is write us that email. We will talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk to us about. Maybe not ev- anything, but no. but close to. I mean, if we want to talk about hemorrhoid cream. Oh, I'm I'm cool with that. We, we that's never on, had, that's never, on the table. <laughs> never had to use it, but you know what I don't want to talk about anymore? What? Cannibal Corpse lyrics. Oh, it's going to come up on this episode, bro. Uh, okay, fine. But maybe this will be the last of it. We, here's what we won't be doing, reading any. Yeah, I'm not going to read any right Because I made a stone cold shut case last week mm-hmm. on the uh, so-called merits of their disgusting fucking fucked out lyrics. Okay. But people have responded to that here in the email. So. They have, yeah. All right, well, we're going to dip in now and hear from these people in what we lovingly refer to as the email portal. All right, our first email is from Sean Morley. He says, hello, you, it's me. (laughs) I know stuff is weird at this point in time, uh, but have you got any forecast for when some of the merch items may become back in stock? Itching to start promoting the show with my body. Hot. (laughs) What a great way to put it. You know what? I love to promote the show with my body. You know, I love the positive review. I may have signed up for Patreon, but what I'm most excited about is promoting the show via my bod. Which is why we need to up your podcast, Speedos. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We'll discuss later. Cool. <laughs> uh, when people see my dad bod in one of those sweet t-shirts, <laughs> honey, please. <laughs> Peace I want to reread that whole part. Itching to start promoting the show with my body. When people see my dad bod in one of those shirts, honey, please. Honey, please. <laughs> Peace and adios. Sean Morley, proud patron. P.S. More Moke, he says. Paul? Paul? Uh, maybe Paul could interview you guys and our all-time favorite characters as a bit of an idea for an episode. We'll have to run that by. I will put out the bat signal to Paul. Yeah, we will. I can tell you guys this. Uh, you know, Paul Moke, dear friend of the show, if you've been on the ride with us for a little bit of time, you know he's our honorary third You know, co-host. Uh, Indeed. He, he, is the, he is the home to HQ3, the smokestack. And he absolutely loves you guys. He oh, yeah. He loves the Metal Up Your Podcast family, and uh, he, he he's willing to be on as much as we can figure that out. We have had discussions. Like I, At one point, I think I, I was doing a session with him, and I jokingly asked him, would you ever want to be on every episode? And he said no in a very understand, understand, understandable way. Paul is a very busy man. Even during quarantine... Outside of his cool videos he was posting, which you don't follow Paul Moak on Instagram, go look for him. He posted some great stuff, good insights as uh, if you're a musician, a producer, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's just a busy man. Yeah. And we, it's he's t- a family man. A he's family got a lot man. going on, yeah. It's tough to lock him down, but uh, I, I do know in the depths of his heart, if he could make it happen, he would be on every episode. Now to answer answer Sean's question about merch, uh, we can start to revamp that. We've you know we haven't really been wanting to go to the post office or anything, but uh, I've got a handful of shirts in the old garage mm-hmm. in my little Metallica closet, along with tons of shit for Patreon giveaways. Uh, so uh, you know when things calm down a little bit and we're a little more comfortable getting out in the world and going to post offices and stuff, we'll ramp that back up. But we did used to have a lot of cool shit. We had patches. Yeah, we had guitar picks buttons with our uh, our our. Uh, Beautiful, logo beautiful faces too. and then also with our faces what else do we have a t-shirt stickers t-shirt stickers um soon to be speedos i think um <laughs> but we only made two actually there's only one pair but we we trade we, we trade them yeah right and we but the only rule is we don't wash them well it's kind of like you, you can't know, wash it, the magic off exactly it's like in sports like i mean that uh what was it uh game seven i think of uh 
against the Phoenix Suns where Jordan's feet were bleeding. Well, that's because he put his old Jordan 1s on. Right. Right. Because he's playing MSG. He, he thought it might be the last time he ever played the Garden. That's what it was, yeah. So he wore his original Jordan 1s from the first time he played the yeah. Garden. He didn't take those off and change his bloody socks. No, he right. wore those things to the end, which right. is what we do with the Speedo. Right. Then he wrung the sock out over his face and screamed like a maniac. Yeah. And, and was listening to Cannibal Corpse. I'm told. <laughs> that's It's not in the documentary, but it's outtake, I think. Thanks for the interest, Sean. We'll get that merch cracking soon, homie. Andrew writes, hey, Clint Ethan. This is our new patron, by the way, Andrew. He says, can't believe I just discovered the podcast. I'm a 27-year-old dude from New Hampshire who has been a passionate Met fan for the better half of my life. My older brother indoctrinated me at a young age, as they do. Good for them. Taking me to see the boys on the Madly and Anger with the World Tour in 04 when I was 10. It was my second live concert. Uh... We were super close, and Metallica's been our biggest bond, traveling all over the place to see them. We've been to the Big Four, both Orion Festivals, up close and personal for the Dayhan set, the World Magnetic Tour, and even saw the weird little set they did at the Global Citizens Festival in Central Park. He says, with the exception of my awesome brother, I don't have anyone who's obsessed with Metallica in my life, and listening to these podcasts has been an absolute blast. I've clearly got a lot of catching up to do. Looking forward to the ride. Best, Andrew. Well, cool, dude. We're glad you're here, man. Any, anyone on the sweet. ride with us? Where he's just a sweetie pie. Oh, there's a PS from him. Oh, PS Reload does fucking rock. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that. I know, I concur, sir. But pleases us duly and verily. I say unto thee, muchly do I concur. Yes, please. Pleases us that you consider it rocking. Well, he says it fucking rocks, <laughs> and I. Join him. I lock arms with sweet Andrew in saying, yes, we agree. You know, the fun fact, sweet Andrew is the... Uh, oh, I love uh, a good fun fact. Yeah, sweet Andrew is actually an unheard B-side from St. Anger. Right, sweet Andrew. Right. Working title. Working title. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a... James was going for a trilogy mm-hmm. of sweet people. Right. It was Amber, then Andrew. I don't, I don't know what the third one would have been. Sweet Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. He's a big film nerd. Is your microphone sinking, by the way? It's sinking. Do you want me to come over there it's and- It's sinking like a stone. Torque it a little bit? I would like you to come over here and twerk. I can twerk. I don't know if that's going to fix the mic stand, but, but I don't know if after I see that, I'm going to need the mic stand fix. Shoot, I don't think you will. I think I might doo-doo in my pantaloons. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll get to some twer- twerking later. Uh, next email is from Aiden. Uh, says, hello, hi, hello, hi, greetings, citations, good evening, guten tag, Clinton, Ethan, hello, hi, hello, hi, hello, <laughs> hi. Tom, is that you? Uh, this is a quick email offering my emotional support to you both after listening to listening to you both sit through the boys most, uh, to slightly twist the words of Alpha Metallica's Tom Quee, sonically bankrupt album. Mm. In all seriousness, though, it was great to hear, hear, great to hear you guys dissect the record, and although my opinions of it are unchanged... It was still a, a fun little excursion that I won't be going on anytime soon. Until today. Until today. Where we listen to the record again. Again. Also, this ongoing fencing match between you guys and Cannibal Records fans is hilarious. All the best and stay safe. Uh, Aiden Hickey. Awesome. Thank you, Aiden. You know, it'd be kind of, I would actually love to have the drummer of Cannibal Corpse on the show one day. I wouldn't. No. Uh, do you I, want him to. I'm just curious. Well, here's the deal we're going to have a nice little combo about. About uh, free speech and writing lyrics, then he's going to cut us into tiny pieces and have sex with our pieces. He'll probably cut our testicles out and. Uh, uh, Only material for me next record. Grill them? I don't know. I don't know if he sounds like that, but I'm imagining he sounds like a pirate. I don't know where they're from. 
it doesn't matter. They sound like this. From the third layer They're just like hell. a villain from the Goonies, no matter what. <laughs> They're one of the Fratelli brothers. One of- <laughs> <laughs> the Fratelli brothers? The Fratelli brothers. The Ghostbusters. No, that's from Goonies. Are you sure? Yeah, it's the Fratelli brothers. There's the brothers in the courtroom. Remember where the judge is like... Are you talking about for Goonies or Ghostbusters? I'm t- I was... You said Goonies. Yes, I know, but when you said Fratelli brothers, I think that's a Ghostbusters reference. No. It's Goonies. Oh no, the Vertelli brothers. No. I put them away 20 years ago. No. You, remember, you know what I'm talking about? I know about? you're talking about the ghosts come out. And the, yeah, he put them away some, There was some kind of brothers that sound like that. I, well, I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt, the Fratelli brothers are from Goonies. Okay. I thought the villain. Okay, I was thinking about One Eyed Willie or One-Eyed something. One Eyed Willie? Well, he's a dead pirate that they find a skeleton. There's a ship. He's a dead pirate that writes Cannibal Crip songs. <laughs> One I Willie probably listen to Cannibal. Hey, Corpse. I come blood, see. <laughs> Don't get me treasure and and also my Cannibal Corpse record collection. <laughs> um, okay, thanks, Aiden. Danny writes. I'll let you do the uh, opening here. Hello, brothers. Uh, he writes Hulk Hogan voice. You don't even have to put that, homie. You don't have you to. Don't even have to put if it. it says hello, brothers, I'm probably going to say it. He says, I discovered you guys at the beginning of quarantine and binged a whole lot of episodes, but haven't written in until now. Really love the show and what you guys do with it. Became a Met fan around 2009, 2010, when I was just entering high school, and a big reason for that was Guitar Hero Metallica, which I've still never played. Uh, you know that I still have it. Uh, you know that uh, my butt itches. <laughs> the last gaming system I ever bought was PS2. And I Go still on. own it. It still works. And I have a few Guitar Hero games, but I have Guitar Hero Metallica. And my lovely wife, years ago for Christmas, got me a Guitar Hero controller that is an explorer. Consider my interest, Ethan, peaked. It's really fun. Well, I'm sure it is. Yeah, we'll play it sometime. Maybe we'll do an episode where it's just us playing for an hour. Hey, man, that'd be a neat shirt to have. Be really neat episode to listen to unsurprisingly there wasn't much love for anything post black album in there and i didn't really start going doing deep dives into load reload or sand anger until maybe the last year or so love load and reload and think they mesh perfectly with everything else in their catalog when on shuffle say anger not so much much like you guys i struggle to enjoy most of the stuff although i can admit there are some killer parts and shining moments on almost every song he goes on to say most sand anger songs sit near the bottom for me in my unofficial song rankings however the Unnamed Feeling is a song I truly love, and lyrically, its verses uh, are some of my favorite Metallica lyrics. I agree with that. The production value and cringy, rage-glazed part still drag it down, but it'd still be somewhere maybe in my top 30 songs by them. I also feel like Invisible Kid has the most potential to be special if the verses had different lyrics instead of the double repeats and the song ended before the weird wailing, screechy part halfway through. <laughs> Uh, he wants our thoughts on that. Let me wrap his email up and we'll spend a little, a few minutes on that. He says, anyway, love your work and being part of the ride of the Metallica and Metal Up Your Podcast. Uh, and add me to the list of people you can count on for a beer next time you guys are in Chicago, New Jersey, in the good old country of Brazil. Brazil. Thanks and peace, Danny. Awesome email, Danny. Good to hear your story. Thanks for Brazil. jumping on. And uh, we'll be coming to Brazil soon. Um, I don't know about Invisible Kid for me personally. I did learn today, however, on, of all places, the Metallica subreddit. Okay. That Invisible Kid is the uh, highest BPM of any Metallica song. It's at like 224. Really? Or something like that. Whereas okay, like okay. The, the Machine Gun like, Part of One is di- up there. Dyer's Eve. But Dyer's Eve is like 190 or something. I guess it depends on how you it depends set on what your the BPM. Gu- it depends on what the guitars are doing versus what the drum- if the drums are doing more of a halftime thing, the BPM is still higher. Well, yeah, you could have a halftime song, but like, let's say you're playing... Doom, 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 whatever mm-hmm. you might have the clicks going click click 
click. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I always liked eighth notes. I like click, 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 click. But that would double it. That would double the BPM. Like whenever I set a BPM, if I do a session or uh, any of our quarantine covers, whatever it should be, I always double it because I like hearing the eighth. But note I'm just saying, click. if Dire's Eve's like 195 and Invisible Kids 225, it's not Dire's Eve isn't lower because it's half speed. It's right. not you know half speed would be like. 95 or something right I, i'm just saying like uh it's more of a matter for me of like do you want your click to be quarter notes eighth notes yeah yeah or whatever but, but that's not what he's told that's not what i'm oh, talking about honey please but, well, well listen we're, we're gonna hear it again tonight so <laughs> get your metronomes out kids <laughs> i have it handy <laughs> i have my te- uh, i have my texas entrance calculator i have my protractor and i have i have my pocket protector and i have my fa- my weird al yankovic fanny pack that I keep my Michael Jordan basketball cards in. And by God, I have my metronome. It's a quartz one. And I have a quartz metronome. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is I actually have one of those my dad gave me a long time ago. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's right over there in that pile of junk. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm actually just impersonating you. Oh, right, right, right. Hi, it's me, Ethan. The the Dodgers are cool. And and also my quartz metronome. (laughs) Uh, and if I eat all of my vegan cheese, I can stay up. I can stay up till midnight. Uh, no one cares. No one tells me otherwise. But I, my parents let me stay up late. I'm, I mean, I'm sleepy, but I'm tie tie. But <laughs> I don't know what I'm fucking doing. Bro. I don't either. It was, okay, it was real. Fun Thanks now. for the email, Danny. Moving on. Oh, thank you, Danny. This is the last one here. Andy Salter, our our, our reigning uh, uh, cannibal corpse uh, defense lawyer. Oh yeah, is back to. Uh, He's back after last week's sparring. He's back. All right. Andy Salter says, hey, boys. Hey. 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 Okay, I guess I can't defend <laughs> addicted to vagina skin. Oh, I can't believe I'm even reading this right now. And to be fair, you're right about the comparison to Wes Craven and George. But if you do get the chance or want to check out the doc, Centuries of Torment, <laughs> <laughs> which is the history of the band, I think you will find they came from... The tape trading scene, much like Metallica, and I think you'll get a better feel for the dudes in the band. Um, it's actually great, a, a great, well, well-made story of their history, and I for sure think it will change your mind on the people making the music. Um, hey, let me t- let me let me let me let me cut in here for a second. Okay. Now, I don't know why I've done this, and maybe this means I'm insane. Okay. But I've actually read several books about Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. He's, for lack of a better phrase. My favorite serial killer. Oh my gosh! Meaning, meaning, I find his story the most fascinating. Okay. Now here's the deal, Andy. Andy in his previous email on this one, he's like, you know, they came from the tape trading community. They got ponies. They like playing games. They got kids. By all accounts, Jeffrey Dahmer, nice guy, <laughs> good neighbor, nice quiet boy, nice looking guy, probably a. Uh, in the tape trading community in Milwaukee or wherever the fuck he was from. <laughs> Just because they were in the tape trading community doesn't mean they're not psychopaths. Like, do you think that when a uh, dude from Cannibal Corpse drops off his kid at school, assuming they're, they can't drive yet, right. I don't know how old their kids are. If another parent from that school found out, oh, I think, um, you know, Grace's dad is in a rock and roll band. <laughs> they're called Cannibal Corpse. That's weird. Hmm. Let's look it up. Huh, I come blood. Hmm. Like, what if the principal of that school started looking? Oh my god, Dad, will you help me find my quartz uh, metronome and my tech, my graphing calculator so I could do some math problems? <laughs> Hold on a second, I'm researching vaginal skin and eating b- babies. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you with your goddamn math homework in a minute. Oh my god. Okay, go on. 
please. Uh, he says, uh, I think it will change your mind on the people making the music. Maybe it won't change your views on the content, but I think you will appreciate the story. Oh. Well, you know, I'd be fine to watch them like that. I just want to read any more lyrics. I uh, also want to compliment you on mentioning the mighty Neil Finn, who is a master of song and, uh, and Crowded House are Aussie legends. Yes, they are. Uh, if you're interested in hearing another one of Australia's greatest exports, oh, we know this. Come on, honey, please. Um, and who don't get the credit they deserve is Silverchair, who, of course, had the huge hit with Frog Stomp in America, but uh, were ignore, uh, ignored after that. Uh, they went and write two of the greatest albums in Aussie rock history with Neon Ballroom, I agree with that, and Diorama, that's a great record, and the latter being considered one of the, uh, Aussie, considered the Aussie pet sounds, even having the same arranger, Van Duke Parks, doing the or- orchestral m- maneuvers. Maneuvers. I hate maneuvers. <laughs> I hate I hate maneuvers. Who are you calling chicken? <laughs> uh, Daniel Johns is a bit of a musical genius. Anyways, be well and stay safe. Andy Salter, Tasmania, New Jersey. Um, I like Silverchair. Dude, have you listened to those two records? No. They're awesome. So so Frog Stomp, they're like 16, 17 years old, and they had uh, that big single. Um, well, they had Pure Massacre, and then they had Tomorrow. Yeah, Tomorrow. So You ain't Tomorrow. Totally. To find they, it. They were super young. Uh, I, super young. Super young. I recommend listening to those two records, though, man. Uh, Neon Ballroom well, and Diorama. Can I ask you a question? Because this, this is the way I'm going to engage my interest in this, okay? Was Michael Jordan in Silverchair? Every song on those two records is about Michael Jordan. Mm-mm. Oh, well, okay. I mean, if that... Consider me titillated. Consider me intrigued. <laughs> mm, I'm mm. intrigued. Say do 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 say more. I shed my mortal coil, and in my life is more. <laughs> oh no, Silverchair is a great band. I'm a, I've got quite a few Aussie records on vinyl. I'm a huge Living End fan. Midnight Oil. We all Honey, love please. Natalie and Brulia. Come on, <laughs> shoot. Nothing's fine. I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. Uh, this this is, is how I feel. This is a deep cut band from I'm cold Australia. Cold and shame, lying naked on the floor. Clint's describing me right now, by the way. <laughs> Everyone on YouTube knows that's a lie. but Hey, YouTube. Uh, We're on uh, YouTube, by the way. Spe- right. A great Australian band, like early pre-punk band, kind of garage rock, but uh, early 70s band um, called uh, Radio Birdman. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Uh, we're Radio Birdman. <laughs> is that your Australian accent? I don't know what the fuck that is. Good night, mates. This is Radio hey, Birdman. So I see your more indie, obscure Aussie rock band. Okay. And I raise you another indie, obscure rock uh, rock band from Australia that's pretty good. And they have a couple of records that I think you really love. They're oh. called ACDC. ACDC. Alternating Current, Direct Current? Exactly. They were big Tesla guys. Got the it. car, okay, and they were yeah, the car car guys. Not yeah, not the scientists. Yeah, okay. so so you know if we're going to be doing tit for tat on checking out some maybe obscure Silverchair records, maybe some obscure Red Birdman, Birdflyer Man, Radio Bag, Bird, Radio Birdman. <laughs> that almost got me launched into doing the game where you just say words. <laughs> I don't like that game so much anymore. Why? We've only played it like one time. We did it with Paul. Yeah, didn't we do it with uh, Metallica Lost too or no? I don't know. Maybe. There's a lot of words on this podcast. So. Well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can get the hell out of the email corner. Thank you for writing in. Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. We will talk about whatever the fuck you want, even if it's cannibal corpses ponies. So let's get out of here now and exit the email portal.
Hey everyone, this is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month, or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world black and ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slain castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show the chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios. I saw a tow truck outside of your house. When I pulled up. What? There was a tow truck out there. In front of my house. In front of your house. And we know a guy who drives a tow truck. So I'm curious if Pawpaw's around because, uh, you know, it's you weren't having a car towed, were you? Uh, not, not to my knowledge, no. Right. This so, is concerning. Well, I think maybe if we go out back and look around, Pawpaw might be scratching around. And I know he's got a new poem to read. Well, I mean, shoot, if he's in the neighborhood, we should go outside and check real quick. All right. Well, here, we're going to leave you guys for a second, and uh, I think we're going to usher us all into uh, uh, the poetry corner. Yeah, let's do it real quick. With Papa. All right, let's check it out. All right. Welcome back to the poetry corner. Where's this plum tickle to have you? It's been a while. It's me, Pawpaw. Today I'm going to be reading a song by Mr. Jimmy James Hetfield Sr. Jr. called Frantic. If I could have my wasted days back, would I use them to get back on track? I don't know. Stop to warm at karma's burning. Or look ahead, but keep on turning. Do I have the strength to know how I'll go? Can I find it inside the deal? with what I should not know. Could I have my wasted days back? Would I use them to get back on track? Well, you live it or lie it. You live it or you lie it. My lifestyle determines my death style. Well, keep searching, keep on searching. This search goes on. The search goes on. Yeah, keep searching, keep on searching. This search goes on. Friend, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> <coughs> Tick-tock. I've worn out always being afraid. An endless stream of fear that I have made. Treading water fulls of worry. This friend tick-tick-tick-tock talk a hurry. Do I have the strength to know how I'll go? Can I find it inside to deal with what I should not know? Worn out always being afraid. An endless stream of fear that I have made. Ooh, heavens to Betsy. Well, you live it or you lie it. My lifestyle determines my death style. <laughs>
I keep on searching, this search goes on and on, you keep searching and searching and it goes on and on, friend tick tock, tock, tick tick, friend tick tock. Do I have the strength to know how I'll go? Can I find it inside to deal with what I should not know? My lifestyle determines my desktop, birth is pain. A rising tide that pushes to the other side, life is pain. My lifestyle determines my desktop, death is pain. A rising tide that pushes to the other side, it's all the same. Well, we're plum tickled to have you back in the poetry corner. We'll see you next time, you hear it? Man. I miss that guy. Well, first of all, you're right. There was a tow truck out front, apparently. Well, he was here. He was here. That's crazy. He was just milling about. I think he was peeing in your backyard or something. That's fine. Everyone does. It's cool. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Sure. But man, what, I mean, the way he delivers some of these these poems, I mean, how is he not headlining the symphony hall with the orchestra backing him up reading poetry at, at this point? Well, besides, once the pandemic's over. Yeah, I heard that once things calm down, he's going to be touring with the uh, the local Philharmonic and... Uh, and, and doing slam, both slam poetry and, and haiku. I think he's got a whole segment on haikus. Could you imagine if he was a guest on Tom Quee's uh, Battle Rap podcast? Gosh, that'd be amazing. I still threw down the gauntlet with old Tom Quee doing a battle rap against each other about the merits of I was going to defend Reload and he was going to defend St. Anger. <laughs> in, in, in rap form? In battle rap. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I write songs. I can write that shit. But isn't usually a battle rap is improv. No. They write it. They write it. They know who they're going to battle, and they write. They write it. It's pre-written. Wow, I didn't know that. Because yeah. in general, I mean, we've all seen Eight Mile, <laughs> but in general, like when someone does a battle rap, you're you're improvising there. He would know more about that than than either of us. Well, Tom, if you want to write in, it's uh, Metal Podcast Show <laughs> at Gmail dot com. <laughs> uh, now, before we get into uh, this uh, Saint Anger thing, I think we have more guests to talk to. Yeah, there, uh, a few guests have, have stopped by this evening uh, miraculously because it's it's been a while since we've thoroughly heard from them. Right. Uh, but it's pretty exciting. Yeah, well, I mean, I heard the Joyce's having some coffee upstairs. They were. They were having some coffee. They're just chit-chatting it up upstairs right above HQ1, and we weren't really sure what they were, they were talking about, so we decided to throw a couple of microphones up there when they went to go check on their uh, scones they were making. And... Well, the, the two things that I know that they love more than anything, number one, rubbing almond butter on themselves. Which is weird, but which is no we're ju- not judging, no we're judgment, judging no that. judgment at all. I mean, it's not like they're writing Cannibal Corpse lyrics. No, just, they just like to lovingly and liltingly and and very slowly rub almond butter all over their nubile bodies. Cool with me. I think that's really neat. It's a awesome. great shirt to have. Oh God! Yeah. Now a really close second on their list of favorite things to do right after the almond butter shenanigans is reading misconnections on Craigslist. So we threw some mics up there because they were just we were hooting and hollering. We heard Lucius and Valentino barking. So. We're going to uh, dip into a little segment right here that we call Joyce Reads Missed Connections. this 
Honey, please. Good to see you, Joyce. Oh, my God. Can you believe those two downstairs just talking about us? Hilarious. Two good-looking gentlemen. You know, oh, oh, honey, please. If I was a younger woman, if I was a younger woman, I'd take that Clint Wells in his, <laughs> in his Jordan jersey. Oh, and I'd slather please. almond butter on him, too, and we'd slip, we'd slip and slide around the bedroom all day and all oh. night, morning, noon, night, and day. <laughs> Honey, please, aren't you glad they can't even hear us right now? I'm so glad. We got him locked in the basement. We'll, we'll slide a pancake under the gimp door soon. Yeah, make sure you put some butter on it, because Ethan really likes it. We've been reading these misconnections, and we want to get people connected. They're so fun. We want to help them get connected, because there's people out there in the world who are alone. That's true. I, don't, I decided a long time ago, ages ago, that I never had to be alone again as long as I had both my dog, Lucius, and my best friend, Joyce. And my dog, Valentino. And your best friend? Clint Wells. Joyce. Well, that goes without saying, honey, honey please. please, come on. Have you taken your medication? It's been a little bit of a while that I've taken it, but I've been taking other medication, if you know what I mean. Well, these misconnections just pull at my heartstrings. They're incredible. I, I think to myself sometimes, who does this? Who writes this? Who does this? Who could do it? Who, honey, please, who gets on the internet and posts this stuff? But we feel it's our duty to sit back, relax, read them, and spread the word so they can find love. Well, honey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm one for all. All for one, one for all, just the way that Brian Adams said in that video about Robin Hood. Love it. So why don't you lead us off and let's hear the first misconnection. Let's see what we got here. This one's called... <laughs> What's it called, dear? It's, honey, this is called Nice Big Beard. I saw you at the sudden service. <laughs> here we go. I saw you at the Sudden Service gas station exit one by the McDonald's on 618 at 445 today. You had the cutest smile. We looked at each other. Honey, they looked at each other. Can you believe that? Well, they, they made what we like to call a love connection. There's the, there's the magic right there. Mm. Uh, you were wearing a red shirt. Must have been a Bulls jersey or something. You had a nice big beard and drove a white truck. You were buying alcohol with your friend. Ditch the friend, honey. Please go to her. Uh, please, someone help. I was too shy to ask for your number. Well, that's a misconnection. It really is, honey. And listen, that guy buying his alcohol, whether it was beer or vodka or whatever, ditch your friend and go with her. Go be with her. Follow your heart. Come It'll on. It'll lead you to true love. Listen, you're a nice big beard guy. She likes beards. Well, and you know what's the most, the, the thing that really stuck to me? He was driving a white truck. So you know he's, I, I don't even know what that means. I don't either. But a man who has a nice big beard, he drives a white truck, he's buying alcohols with his buddies. Well, and he's on exit one, so you know he's right on the border of one of two states. And here's the thing, honey. Don't be too shy to ask for the number. I think this is a, this is a, a lesson learned. You got it, honey. All right. This next one's called Lady at a Funeral. I saw you at the funeral, and I couldn't take my eyes off of you. I think you wanted to look at me, but you couldn't. You just stayed in the corner. Your hair was blonde. I was wearing the dark suit. I brushed against your hand briefly, but you didn't react. You were like an angel in a room full of grief, the center of attention. I hope they have keyboards in heaven so you can write me back. Honey, you know they got keyboards in heaven. Sometimes I, they say, if you, uh, did it hurt? And you say, well, did what hurt? And you say, when you fell from heaven. With a keyboard in your hand. Because you were typing. Because you, you were logging onto your AOL account. Listen, I, I'm just thinking maybe they got keyboards like you can play songs. Uh, like a kita. Right. And you know they have kitas in heaven, honey, please. I was thinking of that lovely video when they sing the song. I'm going to uh, forgive my singing voice. I only sing in the shower to Lucius. But when he sings the song, he goes, And I ran. I ran so far away. I just ran. I had to get away. I love the keyboard in that song. See, when Valentino sings, he just sounds like this. Bark, bark, bark. 
but you understand every word. Of course, honey, please. Because he's speaking the language of your souls. Honey, please, of course he does. All right, our next one. This one I really like. 6 a.m. never looks so good. Honey, I canceled my gym membership because, after all, it's spring now. Because everyone cancels when it's springtime, right? Well, it's time to get out in the sun, yeah. Exactly. Things I'm going to miss in no particular order. The seated shoulder press, honey. The sauna. Oh, honey, please. Who doesn't love a good sauna, especially with the almond butter on you? And the last one, drooling over you, the able-bodied trainer with the Hemsworth oh, haircut. Oh, my stars. He had a Hemsworth. Oh, my God. Just I'm just verklempt right now. Chris Hemsworth, 10 out of 10. Liam Hemsworth, 10 out of 10. Scooter Hemsworth? <laughs> Like a 4.5. Well, he got he was on the shallow end of the gene But pool. I'd still go to the gym with him. To the Here's a new one. To the guy I gave a skull to. Oh, my God. Is is this our friend Clint? Did he give someone a skull? Because he's want got you, a lot of here's them. Here's what I want you to do, Joyce, and here's what I want you to do at home, Metal Up Podcast listeners. I want you to buckle up because this is quite a ride. To the guy I gave a skull to, I just wanted to let you know I wasn't a crazy lady. Here's what happened. A guy was running for a train. I saw something go flying off the end of his cane. Yes, he was running with a cane. After a few seconds of me and other waiting passengers looking around stupidly at one another, I decided to be a good Samaritan. I picked it up and saw that it was a small, polished replica of a human skull. I looked to the old man standing next to me and I said, It's a skull! He shrugged his shoulders. I didn't want it, but I have such a particular hatred of littering that I didn't want to drop it back on the floor lest someone think I was a dirty skull litterer, which is what I used to be in my early days, but I've since reformed those ways. I'm proud of I you. decided the proper thing to do would be to give it back to whoever dropped the thing, because who does this? Who does Who does that? So I jumped in the door of the L train. I saw you with what I thought was a cane, so I said, here's your skull, and I handed it to you. You were shocked, I thought, because you didn't realize it was lost. But as I backed off the train, as the doors closed, I saw that it wasn't a cane you had, but an umbrella and luggage. And you clearly weren't the person who dropped the skull, Joyce. This is a real misconnection. I can't imagine how weird it must have been to have had some woman run onto a train, shove a skull in your hand, and tell you it's yours. So I'm just writing this to let you know it wasn't a voodoo ritual, an ominous mafia warning, a gang initiation, or a misguided attempt at at getting you uh, to know you better. I truly thought you dropped your skull. Now, what did you do with it? I'm dying to know. Now, this is, they're not looking for love. Right. She simply wanted to help him reunite with his beloved skull. And she's being a good Samaritan. Well, she's trying to be. I mean, she's doing her best. The most important thing, honey, is that you made it clear that it wasn't a voodoo ritual, an ominous mafia warning, gang initiation, or misguided attempt. And that's all that matters. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the truth. That's, from, that's sincerity from her heart. All right, Come I on, believe uh, we have one more. You're going to finish us off. Of course, of course. All right, then this last one here is, I had sex with your mother. Oh, honey, please. We're starting off strong, aren't we? I had sex with your mother. I am sorry, <laughs> but I can't change that. I spent most of my life searching for that special relationship, and I threw it all away. Wow. Wow. Um, what we need to do is just move on. Yes, I'm still married to Catherine. Oh, my God, this is dramatic. Yes, I still love you. Please. And I didn't add that, please. It's really in there. Honey, please. Uh, let's make this work. Let's get high and watch Disney movies naked like we used to before I went to TDC. I love you. Hold on. A s- okay, honey, please. Let me pause this out because this is insane. This is, we, this is clinically insane. And by the way, Joyce, these are real. This is oh, a real honey, misconnections. Honey, listen, we're on Craigslist right now. It's printed on paper, we but did, we're on Craigslist. We didn't make these up. So let me understand this. He, he, so he leads off with, I had sex with your mother. That's real strong. 
He says, but I can't change that. He spends most of his life searching for the special relationship and threw it all away. It's tragic. That's and awful. then he says, we need to move on. However, the very next sentence, he says, yes, I am still married to Catherine. What a, what a whore. And yes, I still love you. He's just so, a, he's just a, he's a whore and a player. So he's married to Catherine. Poor yes. girl. Yet he loves this person, but he had sex with this person's mother. But what's crazy is apparently the, it, it's a misconnection, but not really because they used to know each other because they used, they used to get high and watch Disney movies. Naked. With almond butter on themselves. With their buttocks out. Honey, please. I can hardly even let Lucius hear this. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm, I wish I would have put earplugs in their ears. Well, honey, it's been good talking to you. We oh, my God. It's been the best. Gun. I'm exhausted. And the almond butter slipped sliding away because it's hot down here. It really is, honey, please. All right. Well, goodbye then. I guess so. Goodbye. <laughs> You're really good at that. Hey, let's talk about some uh, some of this San Anger bonus DVD. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you say? So the boys had like sort of a press release about it. I guess they had recorded half of the album. And they put out this press release at the time from March 28th, 2003. And it says this, and then we're going to start listening. And, and we would encourage you, we'll provide the link uh, down below where all the comments are, show notes and stuff for the link that we watched uh, to watch this. You can watch it with us if you want. You know how to sync it up. We've done eight or nine of those Metallica Mondays. Right. You know what to do. You're smart out there. You are. You're resourceful. You're resourceful, honey. Here's what the press release said. It said, Metallica's new album, Sandinger, will include a free bonus DVD featuring the band playing all 11 songs. Yes, 11 songs. From the album in a live setting, recording began last Friday, March 21st, in the rehearsal space at HQ with the band performing six songs, the first with Rob for the cameras, unless, of course, you count amateur Swedish home movies, which I think was a joke. (laughs) I guess. There will be no fancy shit, just Metallica doing what they do best, kicking your ass, and don't worry, the CD will be regularly priced. We just want to throw in some extra free shit for you guys. Directing the project is Wayne Isham. Of course we know Wayne Isham. Inner Sandman, Sabbath True, I Disappear, Cunning Stunts, S&M Director. Wayne and his crew captured the awesome vibe and thunderous new tunes. The next five songs for the DVD will be shot soon. Oh, I'm intrigued. So let's uh, let's watch. You know, let's let's have a good time and watch the boys bring this controver- controversial record to life. Controversial. And we're bringing up the YouTube now. We're about it to says watch Metallica it. live in studio 2003. Sin Anger full DVD. Are you ready, Clint? Full digital video disc. This is the full one. It's not the half one. No, not half. All, right, All let's that do it. six song talk. This is the full thing. Let's do it. All right, here we go. So we got some Hetfield graffiti. This is Hetfield and his kids. The kids looking young, man. This is 17 years ago. I know, it's crazy. St. Anger rehearsals, it says? Yep. So it's sort of like a time-lapse. HQ looks so different back then. This is a brand new studio at the time. Absolutely. I bet they were so stoked to get that place up and running. Oh, yeah. 
We got Rob already in kind of low crab mode. Oh, he's in crab walk. He's ready to go. Got Kirk with that fast right hand. Oh, yeah. You need some more volume? Are you good? I could take a little more volume. Okay. James is smiling. He's looking happy. Yeah, my initial thought is just knowing that James, you know, put a stop to St. Anger to go to rehab. Mm -hmm. Seeing him in the studio just, dare I say, jamming out with his buddies. Rocking out with Coca-Cola. He's just rocking. He he looks really happy right right out of the gate. You know another thing I noticed? This is James doing his own pedal changes. Yep. Which is pretty fascinating to see. I've never really seen that. Dun, 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 dun. That bitch in Gibson Explorer. And I love hearing the guitar's hard pan, too. Yeah, you totally. clearly hear James on the left, clearly hear Kirk on the right. Yep. The tone's a little more Metallica, a little squishier. Ooh, the rare sighting of Lars with a ride symbol. Same pocket vocal problem. Until I watched this video, I never really noticed this main riff right here. They're doing this kind of pull off. Right. Also, another thing I really like about this recording is how loud the bass is. Yes, agreed. It sounds great. Yeah. So Kirk's not doing his guitar, cha- his uh, pedal changes. It appears so. I do like Kirk doing that brown and the vocal melody. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. It's kind of got that load reload color, that counter melody color. I do wonder if at this point in the band's career, James wasn't doing, or sorry, was already doing his pedal changes. Because Chad was new to the camp at this point. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe... I mean, uh, they, they were definitely not doing their own pedal changes. You know, they never really did their own pedal changes. Not live, but I wonder if in the studio, James, I don't know, maybe he was a little more insistent on... Yeah. Because a lot of this was probably new to them. Like, we're going to play all these songs front to back, knowing that we're not going to play a lot of these live ever. So maybe he felt more comfortable just kind of... That's not Chad. No, that's mind. not Chad. That's a, that's a camera guy. <laughs> that's Joe Satriani. Oh, it's the Satch. He was giving Kirk some guitar lessons. Interesting. Uh, if you notice that amp James is playing, is that a... Uh, what's it called? A, uh, a rolling something it's a chorus? a jazz chorus. Jazz chorus. A JC20. That's for that clean sound. Yeah. And those are notoriously some of the cleanest amps out yeah. there. A lot of pedal steel guys using but on that keep on searching part, that's the amp he's clicking to. So he's got an amp selector too. Yeah. Because this heavy stuff is that diesel. Yeah. So right here, he clicks over to that JC20. Right. And you know, I hate to say it, but Rob's definitely a better bass player than Bob. And he brings a lot more kind of technical finesse to these parts well, I mean, like rather said, than the record. Like I said before, the, the the bass is louder in the mix than it is on the record. So yeah. it's cool to actually hear some bass lines on but, this. But he's also playing better parts. Of course, yeah. Bob was a very utility bass player. He played bass with him the way I would have. Very meat and potatoes. Yeah. And I think that when they recorded St. Anger, James or Kirk could have played the bass lines and it would have sounded the same.
See this stuff that Rob's playing right here? Yeah. Kind of cool syncopated. Bow, 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 bow. To me, it's a, such a huge difference to watch them play this than listen to the record. This is way better. I enjoy this way more. This is better. Like, this part sounds fucking awesome, dude. That riff. Dude, I mean, I haven't watched this since the album came out. No, nor have I. So, this might get me kind of excited about San Anger. Like, maybe they should do a San Anger tour? <laughs> like, I could listen to this. If it, I could listen to this more. I even think that... Life is pain. There's points in this already that I think Hetfield's vocals sound better than the record. I could use a little more sauce on his vocals still, but... But he's at this point he's like he's used to the songs he's done with the record he's excited uh, he's probably super pumped to be playing with his dudes and yeah that's better than the album that, way better that scream he just did let's hear if he nails this uh, frantic ramp up. Better. That was way better. Man, I like this. I like it way better. <laughs> I really do. Go. And and like Lars the snare still has a bit of ring to it, but it's not an annoying ring. Like obviously we you know it's overstated that the snare on the record has way too much ring ring in a snare isn't a bad thing at all but in this when he's kind of by himself playing you can hear the ring in it but when the band starts playing it kind of gets drowned out and it's just a good cracky Ooh, cracky we snare. got uncle milty my favorite james hetfield guitar so he's gonna play that on saint anger which he plays that in the saint anger video yeah this is a new project 86 song <laughs> That Metallica banner hanging in HQ, which is still there, I believe. That's that's probably lightning, right? That is the lightning banner from yeah. the tour. What a cool thing to, to be able to do if you could just walk through HQ just for like an hour. Don't touch anything, just look. Just to look at all the shit they have around. I mean, Lady Justice is there. I'm going to hit up Chad and see if we can get some kind of tour. Tour. I'll hit up Jimmy too. Ooh, Kirk just oh, did his own chain. He, he did. Why didn't they put any reverb on his vocal? I don't, I don't know. get it. Uh, the flush it out. Yeah. Ooh. Flush it out. Poor Rob, that mic's not on, homie. As I say, I mostly hear Kirk. You know what, though? I give Kirk credit for setting up to the fucking plate and of course, and, yeah, and, and doing the job. Absolutely, getting the fucking job done, bro. He's playing the caution hot guitar. It's fun oh, yeah. to see. 
So they must have had their like normal guitars, right? Like the Caution Hot, right? The Les Paul, tuned down, which yeah. is unusual for oh, those yeah, guitars. For sure. You know, normally James is playing that Viper, uh, the Grinch. Man, I will say Lars is fucking wearing it out. He is going nuts, dude. He's going nuts. Like th- that, that's like live Lars energy right there. Well, they're playing live. But there's no audience around. Right? There's nothing to, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah. feed right, off. Right, 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 right. And they're playing a little faster. It's kind of got more of a punk rock attitude right totally. now. Totally. Love it. Which serves the song. West Portland. When I first uh, pulled this up today, I, I watched this song specifically. Get your words you out, Ethan. You like this song? I do. And there was a comment that said, uh, "said uh, rest in peace, Lars's ride symbol." It was like, I know. It was bye like bye. 1983 to 2003. Yeah, that's funny. Oh man, Rob locked in tight with uh, the kick drum. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Rob is such a good bass player. I know, dude. he really is. Just so tight, man. Just such a great player. And a great performer, too. Oh, Crab yeah. walk and all. And you know, for this being a live thing and like something they put together, obviously, it's not overly produced. No. How about that? Not overly produced and sounds better than the album. I know, right? But a lot of this, I think spiritually speaking, there's a lot more confidence from James. For sure. Well, and they, they did this over the course of a few days, right? Well, I think, yeah. So they, they did all this on one day, the first six. And then I think they did the second half on another day. But they, they definitely rehearsed for it. Yeah. But there's also a chance that like they ran this song yeah. five times. Right, correct. Hey, let's get it let's get it down better. Well this might even be a comp. Right. You know. Either way, it's still very raw, it's in HQ. Yeah, there's a there's a punk rock energy to this performance that serves the song for sure. Yeah. Good go. Good go. If, if this came out before St. Anger and you heard this, you would be way more excited about that record. I'd be more endeared to it for sure. It's a little George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how he does this. I want my anger to be me shit. It's good headfield downstrokes. <laughs> What if the, what if Michael Jordan just came in and slam dunked in the middle of this performance? <laughs> Is this normally repeated on the record? I thought I went right. I into don't the think fast it part. does. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Great scream. Yeah, they screamed better. That was awesome. Mine was not. It's real clear that James is into it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, all joking aside, he's the MJ of this band. You know, he's the leader. Totally. And you, he sets the tone. You know? Oh, for sure. As much as Lars is definitely an equal creative partner, equal equal presence, his presence is formidable in Metallica. Right. But James is the clear emotional leader of the band. His and you can see it in the doc, right? When he's kind of fucked up and out of it, he sets the whole tone for the room. Of course, yeah. For and sure. when he's when he's jovial and joking or ready to really rock and bring heat, it elevates everybody in the room. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like does. one Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael. Uh, Michael Jordan. I mean, we're talking about bringing that the spirit of number twenty three into a room. That's right. Which is what I try to do in any room I'm in now. You're doing it right now. Thanks, bro. I'm feeling the vibe. Thank you for saying that. I feel it. It's emanating for me. I feel like you just threw almond butter on me, and I can feel that. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm having a good time. I'm having a great time. Lars is like worn out, oh, dude. I mean, I this would be. This is a physically demanding record for sure. It really is. Laws take a nice... I think you need to take an Epsom salt bath and just... His shins are tired. Rob's like, am, am, am I still in the bed? Testing, testing. Is this, is, have I been fired yet? There's Zach, so that's that's uh, Rob's tech, but OG. Uh, oh, very OG. Crew. He was Cliff's tech. Hell yeah, it, here we go. Great kind of creepy intro. God, imagine like making that record... Which was very, we talked about last week, very Pro Tools heavy, mm-hmm. copying and pasting parts together, and having to go back when it's done and learn all that. See, this is a little slower and sludgier. Yeah, we got a little tingle. Obviously a different day. James different is not day. wearing the MC5 shirt. Yeah, true. And he's got a hat on. Got some tingy snare happening, but... Yeah, I mean, the kinetic energy of the album shines through way more. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that James doing the lead? I'm doing the fuzz pedal. Thine stand corrected. Consider my mind blown. Hard rip to play. Yeah. Uh, in my experience in recording, I can definitely hear more of the bottom snare mic when uh, Lars is playing that thing. The snare yeah, that sounds fucked up. Pretty cool bass Rob's playing. James playing that weird baritone. Look at that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that guitar. No, it's ugly. Ugly, super ugly. Ugly horns. So... You gotta think too. Remember back to the to the documentary where Rob shows up to the audition. He doesn't. He might have brought one bass. He didn't bring any basses. Maybe maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe yeah. But at one point, in the, in the, there's that scene where like, yeah, Jason took most of his basses, but here's what we got. Yeah, well, that's Zach. Right. So watching this, 
so far he's played bases that I've not seen him play live. Right. So these all might still. He probably hasn't gotten his like all his Warwick bases and the Jocko base and the P base. This all still might be stuff that's just hanging around at HQ. This is the base that I don't own. <laughs> I don't like that kind of slow Wayne-ism shit. Yeah, there's some weird edits in here, but it's it's kind of telling for the time. But like he did it in Inner Sandman. He, he, it's kind of like signature move of his. Right. He's pocketing this lyric better. Yeah. It just kind of makes me wonder, like, if they went into Saint Anger, if all the songs were the same. But if they would have written and rehearsed and locked all that stuff in before they recorded, or even or even played it live, right? Yeah, some of that Jamesism. That's a, that's se a seven, seven string. string. Holy shit! Holy West Borland. <laughs> That's cool. corpse. That was awesome. <laughs> it was it was super corpsey. Rob's wearing like Jinkos from '95. Good for him. This monster will. That's still one of the weirdest parts of the whole record to me. Was it's fast Lars beat and a what should be a halftime yeah. riff. By the way, Rob has aged very well. He doesn't look that much different than he is now. That boy good. He's good. Kirk is the same. Kirk's a little grayer, that's about it. Oh, he, James is wearing a Triumph hat, a uh, motorcycle. Yeah. Jam. I mean, definitely a passionate performance from James. Dude, James is having... I think they're, they're... It looks like they're all having a blast. And they might be hamming it up a little bit because the cameras are there. Sure. But, but James definitely, and Lars, all of them really, they look like they're having a great time. I'd imagine Rob definitely is because at this point he hasn't played a show with them yet. The right? old uncertainty principle. Are you familiar with that? Vaguely. Anything being observed will not behave naturally. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Anytime you observe something, it's you're changing the fundamental nature of its essence. Right. A little sloppy Joe from Kurt uh, on that fast triplet part. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I could do it better. <laughs> right. Kurt's right hand's underrated. He doesn't get the cred. For sure. you know, we've mentioned this on the show before, but like, Damage Inc., uh, Master of Puppets, all, all of their songs. He may not have played them on those albums, yeah. but the motherfucker played them live. Oh, yeah, he did. And they're a live band. Oh, yeah. You can't get away with shit live. Go watch totally. Damage Justice. You know, go watch Seattle 89. Yep. Because that's Kurt playing all his shit. He's holding holding it down on Blackened, holding it down on Creep. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Holding it down on where the wild things are. Holding it down. 
Jesus, purple, you fucking. <laughs> oh, we got Rob doing a little West Borland limp biscuit. Hop. Made me want to jump. Break stuff, jump. Oh, James is fucking grooving, bro. See, when they be- when you're watching them believe in it, you believe in it. Yeah, for sure. This is sick. It's a weird mix on a snare. Snare sucks. It sounded great on the last two songs. But this is also this is clearly another day. I don't know what happened, but I mean, even that section, which is so weird on the record, it's really believable here. It absolutely is. I think he does it again right here. It's creepy. They're saying Don Imus. <laughs> Don Imus. <laughs> yep. This is such a drum nerd thing to point out, but I really wish Lars still had a ride symbol where the China is. I know we've we've everyone's about everyone that a talks lot. about that, but like to me, it just sounds so much better than like that. that awesome! That sounds great. They're grooving, man. Oh yeah, they're like fuck it. I mean, you got to remember too. At this point in their career. They were excited about this record. The backlash hadn't happened yet. Right. You know, people hadn't all all of a sudden been like, what the fuck is this record? No one made fun of the snare yet. And when you're in that bubble, you just lose, you know, you don't know. For sure. what's going to happen. Well, they also spent spent so much time on this record in the Pursuit of Sessions. That's cool. That's different. That was different. Yeah. 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 You know, from Pursuit of Sessions to James Gunn Rehab coming back in HQ1, finishing the record. They've been around these songs for so long. At this point, they're... Made me giggle in, uh, inside. inside. It's making me giggle inside, James. It sounded great. It did sound great. You're right. Well, kick ass. What's next, Dirty Window? Let's yeah. kick its ass. Time to rock. We're going to rock now, guys. Got Uncle Milty back on, James. And James wearing a different, yet a different shirt. A little false intro there. I guess Kirk almost fell. I mean, it's got to be weird. I mean, I can't think of another time where they like played an entire record front to back before they've toured it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, who knows what they were doing in the old Carlson house before Puppets and Lightning came out. Yeah. They probably played those albums. I don't know if they played it in sequence. I love this riff. Sounds great on that Les Paul, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yee, yippee! <laughs> snare sounds great here. It sounds more snarey. Right. Right? It's it does, still a little yeah. thin, but... Still think it sounded best on the first two songs. I mean, the verdict's in as far as I'm concerned. This is way better than the album. 
Of course, yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say that last week there was a bit of sand anger fatigue by the end of the record. I'm not having it yet. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving this. It's because it, it's because seeing them play it all in one chunk, it takes off that weird copy and paste vibe. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because even if you can't identify all the edits on the album, I think there's something subliminal that you can feel. Yeah. Judging, I'm jury. Lars with oh, a, he's hitting with a cowbell. A, you know, it's a block. Or a block, a wood block, yeah. Is that on the album? I didn't enjoy that last part on the record, but I enjoyed it there. Oh, I love that part on the record. That's just a little repeaty. It's, it's all green, a bunch it's of a, it's what I call the green, tours. It's the green eggs and ham section. <laughs> it's true. Clean, Doris is Oh, head. this is a song about housekeeping. Oh yeah, the house is clean now. Oh, it's about uh, their time in hotel rooms on the road. House, housekeeping comes in. Got it. Rob has still got to be like in that giddy phase of joining the band at this point, right? It probably took him a minute to get out of the sort of surreality of like, is this really fucking happening? See, I would imagine it, it wouldn't have really gotten comfortable until they were on the road in, in, into like a rhythm. At this point, he still hasn't been on the road with him yet. It might have been years, dude, before he really settled into it. But he's such a pro. I mean, you look at him. Consummate pro. He does not look nervous at all. He doesn't look I don't think he concerned. was nervous. I don't think he was nervous. But the, but the idea of like... The audition, I think he was nervous. Yeah, but I'm talking about right here. Right here, he's confident as hell. Uh, but you can you can go on to the deck with confidence yeah. and own what you're doing, but also still be like, it's not quite sunken in. It's not. Yeah. You don't feel like you have... Um, you know, there's it's different for every gig, it's different for every situation where you feel like, okay, I've got this shit. Right. I, I'm not going anywhere. You, you get some of that, like, it's not confidence in the playing, confidence in the your position and right. the, the organization. I love this part. That's yeah, fucking yeah. heavy. James is hitting that harmonic. More mm-hmm. maniacal laughter. More maniacal laughter. There's a maniacal laughter quota. Now I want to go back and listen to Sanger and hear if that fucking block is there. I noticed it earlier. I didn't make a comment about it, but there it is. Sounds fucking awesome, dude. Sounds great. Do we like St. Anger? I like this St. Anger. Press this on vinyl. I'm in. Ooh. That'd be killer for the St. Anger box set. Have this on vinyl. So we have that to look forward to in what year? 2033. I can't wait. Yeah, 2033, right? Even this weird eye section is cool. 
It's because you're watching them burn it down. That that's the fucking difference. It, well, it, this there's, there are tiny little ways the sonics are improved and pretty much across the board. Right. You can hear the bass. The bass sounds good. A, no offense to Bob Rock, but a real bass player is playing. James is singing with confidence more in the pocket. The snare's not as fucked up. The guitars are squishier, more metallic alike. And you're not hearing the fucking cut and paste shit. So totally. It's just elevating the entire project. It really is. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of James's confidence, they're... Uh-oh. Everyone's... Is that Mike Gillies in the, in the cowboy hat? At least it was a good sound. <laughs> That's Wayne Isham right there. Lady, Doris's Lady head hanging on a string. Oh, we got a half-naked oh, James Hitfield, oh, oh. like a wonderful minotaur, like a metal minotaur, Ethan. It really is. Oh, there's that Viper Grinch. What is this, Invisible Kid? Uh, I think so, yeah. Those guitars sound awesome, dude. That that camera trick right there, the zoom in, zoom out real fast thing. What is this? Fucking Dan Cortez, MTV Sports, 1991. <laughs> it is kind of nauseating. It's so nauseating. I wish I looked like that when I had my shirt off. Me too. See, even though that's obviously tuned down, it doesn't... It's not as, like, new metally offensive to me as the album. Right. Only performance of this song. Yeah. I love hearing this with the, with the bass a little louder, man. I really, like, I keep focusing on that, man. I'm loving this, dude. I love it. I feel like there's been a lot of years that I could have had this ripped on my phone or my iPod. and I know. Been able to enjoy these songs more. And Lars, so far, is getting the MVP. Right? There's still some tingy snare happening, like, on this song. But I'm talking performance-wise, Lars is getting the MVP. Oh, dude, he is wearing it out. Lars and James, for sure. And also Kirk, and also Rob, and also Bob Rock, and, and also, also Metallica, Zach, and also Metallica, and also HQ, and really the whole city of San Francisco. I would like to give San Francisco the key to the city. Can I give the whole city the key to the city? Most locals call it this, and they love it, Frisco. How about putting the definite article on that, calling it the Frisco, the Frisco. Find you. If my wife and/or all my Bay Area friends were sitting here right now, they would. Probably murderous like the guy from They'd Cannibal Corpse. They'd give you a Corpse. wedgie. They'd give you a fucking swirly they, and a wedgie. They would Cannibal Corpse us if we said Frisco. Oh, my God. There's certain They'd nicknames. They'd cut off our vaginal skin? Probably. There's certain uh, nicknames for cities that are fine. But there's some, like like Philadelphia, Philly, great. That, no that's problem. Weird. But if you go to San Francisco and say, it's so great to be in Frisco. No, 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 no. Or, oh, we have a show in Chi-Town. Don't say, that. Don't say that. Nash Vegas. Don't say that. Oh, who's doing that high open your heart? Listen to that. Is that Kirk? It's pretty good. Open your mind. Man, if that was Kirk, I'm impressed for real. Because it's not falsetto. It's open throat. Was that yeah. Rob maybe? Well, here's the good news about St. Anger. They're going to do that part like 17 more times. So. Yeah, totally. But again... Really common with Metallica, right? Because because a lot of it's Wayne Isham. 
I'm gonna put this in the category of like all the edits are such that you almost can't see what's fucking happening, bro. I know, right? Like sometimes you just want a still shot of what's fucking happening. You know what'd be actually awesome to see on this entire performance is a four-way cam. We can watch every member to see what they're doing, or just like one fish eye or bolt, fish bolt. What's what? What am I looking for here? Fish eye. One cam where you can kind of just see the whole room. Yeah. Oh, what's that guitar Kirk's playing? I've never seen that. It's it an said, ESP it, Les Paul. What does that say on? it? I think it said Invisible Kid on it. What? Yeah. God damn! Look how good James looks. I mean, he's got a few LBs on compared to normal late 90s James, but... It looks better than we do. No offense to you. looks better than me, at least. I've gained some LBs, homie. Oh, yeah. Those COVID pounds. See, who's doing these fucking BGVs, homie? Could have been an overdub? Is that why they're not showing it? Could have been an overdub. All right, so that's right there. that was Kirk. Oh, yeah, but that's Rob doing. That's Kirk. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's cool. Yeah, they really just dialed the new metal out of the tone. Yeah, they really did. They turned the new metal knob down. Which is a very common knob to have to adjust all the time, unfortunately. As much as this is like, for the most people, the most hated Metallica record, this is not an easy record to play. I've never figured it out, but I'm listening to all this and I'm like, this is a lot to remember. For a bunch of songs that none of them have played live yet, they had to remember all this stuff. I know they rehearse and stuff, but still. Okay, here's my hot take so far. Okay. This is like sort of a big takeaway. Go. After they had the songs written, they should have played them like this for a month. Yes. Then recorded them. Right. That's what I was saying earlier. They should right. have. You've made the point. Yeah, right. But, yeah, to reiterate that, I mean, they should have honed in all this stuff, rehearsed them like crazy, like how they used to, but. I guarantee you, too. Here's another thought about that. Had they played these songs for a month straight, I believe they would have edited some of the, some of the repetitive shit out. They would have been sure. like. Why are we doing this part again? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's just what you learn doing it. And they probably yeah. would have also realized we should actually put solos in these. Yes. Which is what they would go on to do. Live. With yeah. the songs that they did play live. Of course. In that way, it's kind of a shame, right? It's like a big missed opportunity. It is, yeah. Because this is cool. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Chris Hemsworth? Or was that Scooter Hemsworth? It was uh, James Hemsworth. 
James Hetworth. Uh-oh. 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 He's the fourth... got a full of cookies. Mate, it's the fourth brother. Like, why the upside-down shot of Lars? That's just weird. Wayne, I have some questions. Jam. And I gotta say, man, the BGVs on this have been great so far. There's some, there's some little parts where it's still kind of cookie monstery, but right now, Dad. Come on, Dad. That's heavy. Especially this right here. Ooh. Going half time. Never hurts. Yeah! <laughs> Lars is like, why do we agree to do this? <laughs> Pardon my chair, squeak. What's Jamie saying? Wow. Lars, Lars is so relieved that he's hugging Robert. So glad we're doing with that song. We got James back with the hat on. This is my world. Shaka ding. See, normally I don't really care for this song. Immediately, watching their energy tightness I'm in this is awesome all right Wayne Isham Kirk wearing the fashionable tank top very fashionable sort of a charcoal tank top yeah they're putting that kind of echo effect on the vocal. It's cool. So they put that there. Just a little sauce in the whole thing. A little sauce. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> That's it. What's that? Honey, please. That is that lyric? too much to ask? Come on. Boy like a zibabu. A zibabu. It's my world. It's my world. Fucking awesome, dude. This is great. I'm going to listen to this tomorrow. Now, I'll say... And by this, I mean this podcast. I'm going to listen to me and you tomorrow. We're going to listen to ourselves tomorrow. I never listened to our, to our podcast. No. Do you I, listen to our podcast? I did for a, the, a couple, for a bit the first year. But, you know, you and I have probably, at this point, edited equal amount of episodes. When you spend that much time... In, Investing into an episode. It's just not. I just can't imagine listening to it. No. My time. 
This is fucking awesome, dude. The that vocals killer. Great with those vocals, man. I hope they play Blackened. <laughs> I mean, surely they're going to encore their Sandman. I mean, they got to do Nothing Else Matters, right? It's my world. Even with the curly monster, he's hungry in the studio. Still sounds kind of good. You can't reach into my cookie jar until my face, you sucker. <laughs> I'm hungry. Like, even the kind of Metallica-y timing things, yeah. I'm loving hearing it with this material. Totally. It just makes it sound so much more like them. Yeah. Even though the material is obviously super left of center when it comes to them. So that blast beat shit, that's cool. Double kick sounds good. I was about to say, too... Like, yeah, I guess it's not a blast beat. If this was... Okay, hang on. Kirk with that harmonic. What I was going to say was, watching this performance, I can definitely understand if this was your first introduction to Metallica, this would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, this is even true about the actual recorded album is... It elicits a visceral reaction. You you don't hear this record and go, oh, ho-hum. Right. You either love it or hate it. Yeah. And that says something. There's power in this material, whether it's your cup of tea or not. Man, that ride sounds so much fucking better. Dude. It really does. I don't even have the old vocal performance. It's just the part. I don't even know. That part to me already is kind of the quintessential early 2000s sound. You know, like the bodies hit the floor. I don't know what. It's like right. that kind of vibe. Very syncopated. Yeah. Get it, Rob. Bubble, 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 bubble. Bubble, 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 guppies. Bubble, 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 guppies. Bumblebees, bumblebees, bumblebees. Chetty. Oh, Robert laying down. Oh, he fell down. He's on the floor. He's waiting for the joysticks to come rub butter on him. <laughs> Sucker! <laughs> Sucker! Wow, man. That was Bob Rock said awesome guys. Solid. Solid. Yeah, that whole look, that kind of like slow motion weird inner Sandman look. Yeah, it's old. <laughs> What's next? Uh Sweet Amber. Unnamed Oh, Sweet Amber, yeah. Is it? 
Oh, another Hetfield shirt. Yeah, so they, they recorded this over multiple days. Yeah. He's wearing a white shirt now. I'm spying at least three days, maybe four. <laughs> I spy three or four days. Oh, the crab walk. Uh-oh. Whoa. Is that... I know he did that with Ozzy and stuff. Is this the inception of it? With Metallica? With Metallica? Yeah. Don't care for this riff on the record. I love it here. Yeah, that's kind of a theme of this whole uh, experiment, right? It really is, man. This is Shoot Me Again. Oh, that's right. Ah, Kirk with the old... Uh, is that one of those... Uh, Paul has one of those. It's the... Um, Line six? What no, no, no. It's it's who it's whoever makes the whammy pedal, but they don't make those anymore. Oh, Digitech. It's it's God. What was that pedal called? It's like the the edge pedal. Okay. Those yellow pedals. Fuck. What were they called? I can't remember what they're called. It's called like a super. It's not about space. Do you want me to look it up? Sure. Okay. Still still don't like that part. <laughs> Oh, it's called a space station. Space station. I'm going to look it up, Clint. Yeah. I actually just want to see the actual... Uh... It's called like an XP space station. Oh, yeah. Space station. The XP 300. Nailed it. I never had one of those. I never even heard of it. I had one for a while. They're cool. They do like a million things. Most of them are really cheesy and shitty, but they do like five things that are really cool. Okay. There's some verb on the vocal here. It's good. This is the first song where I'm like, I don't even think this vibe can save the song. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that like the main riff is cool, but that's kind of the that's kind of the main I don't know the main part that I like. But I, it, to me, it's like well, the cool thing about the album and these verses is the really cool harmonies, right? Like Alice and Chains yeah. harmonies. That part right there might be one of the worst Metallica parts ever. I agree. It pains me to say it, Ethan, but I agree. Pains me to say it, yes. Pleases me, it doesn't. Pains me, it does. Yes, of course. That got a little loosey-goosey there. Probably hard to do, man. Uh, yes, it is. So this cool kind of like Honey Burst Les Paul 
seems to be one of Kirk's go-to down-tuned guitars. Right. Which is cool, man. You take a Les Paul, put some 11s or 12s on it, and down-tune it, and, you know, it, uh, um, what's the fucking word? Not attenuate or calibrate. Uh, intonate? Intonate. Yeah. Like, have it intonated for the kind of drop tune, the heavy yeah. strings. I bet. I mean, Les Paul's kind of the go-to guitar, unless you're going to use one of the more typical metal right. guitars. Of course. I admire the band's commitment to the material. For sure. A song like this, there's a couple good parts, and that's kind of about it. Well, that they then go on to just completely fucking pummel down your throat for eight minutes. Yeah. A little delay there. This part's weird. It's just weird. It's just not worth the time. Sounds like the band Kitty. Remember the band Kitty? Kitty, yes. This sounds like Kitty. Wow. In fact, to me I can't this... believe we've never said this. A lot of St. Anger sounds like Kitty, which was big at this time. Remember that song Brackish? That was uh, their big single. I remember Kitty, but they had like a chick who could like sing really melodically, and then they had like the screamy chick. Right. It was a band of like four metal gothy chicks. I need to go back and listen to them. I'm just waiting for this song to end. <laughs> yeah, this one's this is a low point so far. I will say that up until this song, yeah, I've liked everything else. I've had a great time. This sounds exactly like that. Kitty had an album called Spit. Okay. Every song on some of them is the exact same. But if you liked the Kitty vibe... So Kitty is kind of like the, the St. Anger band. This is what Kitty sounds like. Okay. Even that melody... And they were really dynamic. Like They'd get really quiet, really loud. Yeah. Okay. Really melodic, really screamy. Do you think this song would be cooler to us if it was like kind of an unreleased b-side like rarer cutting uh, room floor not really because i mean there, you know there's little parts off of uh beyond magnetic that i'm like that's eh, okay yeah like if saint Anger was a kick-ass record and this came out as like oh hey this is kind of a b-side thing i'd be like uh, lars has such a dramatic ending to every song he yeah. like jumps off the kit and runs away he does that on, during live shows that's his thing but no, he doesn't do it on every song no, but I mean, this he's probably just. This might be take five where he's just worn out. They're getting they're getting claps from the crew. They're like, "Fuck, we can't." They're like, "Was that a take?" Because we can't hear this fucking song again. We got Sweet Amber. Here it goes. Sweet Angelica Houston. That song wore go. me out because now I'm like, "Oh fuck, okay." There's Sweet Amber. Then there's Unnamed Feeling. There's Purify. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like looking down the barrel of the rest of the. Uh, Clint, just for a second, um, bear with me. Please. I'm just going to rest my head on the mic stand real quick. Just wake me up when the song is done. You don't like Speed Amber? Not your back, you don't have Sorry, mine. Well, I don't know. I might like it during this one. I haven't watched this performance in years. A lot of symbol grabs on this record. Bitchin'. It's cool. It 
See those cool triplets, the kind of classic Metallica triplet vibe? Totally. It gets lost in the sludgy tone of the actual album, but does, here with yeah. the kind of more traditional Metallica tone, it just sounds more like them. It's There's just more things to sink your teeth into where you're like, oh, these are the boys. These are my boys. Agreed. Even this part here. Agree to agree. I, I, you know, I'm going to agree to agree, Clint. <laughs> Lyric fumble. Rush a bit and bombs you die. Gonna read green eggs and ham. <laughs> That's the Sanger part right there. I don't hear it. Right here. and anger with you. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I did hear it. You've opened my ears. You've opened mine eyes. You're welcome, sir. My eyes. Pleases me to open your mind. Sick reality. Oh, I'm so sweet. Like super My name's Amber. I'm so sweet. These shoes roll. These shoes suck. See, I love that riff even more now. It's cool. That's great. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. Chase the rabbit. Catch the stick. But chase the rabbit. <laughs> In case you didn't get it the first I'm time sorry. around, bro. I'm sorry. Metallica's lyrics is chase the rabbit. And... Catch the stick. Catch the stick. It's just weird. Oh, the cookie job. <laughs> I got to hand it to Robin Kirk, though, man. They're stepping up to the plate. Yeah, dude. It's cool. Look at all No regrets. Uh, I can answer that super sweet. So, one of my least favorite parts of the entire San Diego record is right here. This sounds way better than the record. That's a fucking fast riff, man. It's an awesome riff. That's like the one machine gun. Yeah. This isn't great. This is kind of like the aim aimless bridge, kind of purposeless bridge. Yeah, the riff is cool, but James also vocally sounds kind of tired. Yeah. I like that Gibson. That's what he played in Frantic. I like that Gibson. I like that Gibson. How sweet is that Gibson? How sweet does it hit? 
Rob playing like a music man. Yep. That's for sure a studio bass. Chris, sorry, my hair was in my face for a second. Excuse. Pardon me. Pardon me. I didn't use Paul Mitchell this morning. Pardon me, sir. Do you think at this point... I do declare, if I may, please. I do declare. Pardon me, foghorn leghorn. (laughs) (laughs) Might I please, at your... Begging your pardon, of course. Please beg beg it. I beg... I declare, what is James saying into that microphone? I do not declare, I know. My billowing hair has blown about into my visage, my face, and I must beg your pardon sincerely with gratitude. I must remove the hair from mine eyes for I, my vision is obscured and I cannot see for the life of me. I cannot remember <laughs> what made us think that we were wise and we'd never compromise. I'm just really impressed with your North Carolina accent. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what made us think that we were young. We were merely freshmen. We really were. Do you know what song I'm doing? The Verve Pipe. The Verve Pipe. For the life of me, I cannot remember wow. what made us think that we were wise and we would never compromise. What a deep cut of a band. Not a deep cut, but that was a big song. Well, it's a big song, but The Verve was much better. Oh, I love Imagine the that Verve. In a, in the same era, there the were Verve a band called the, the Verve and the pipe. Verve Pipe. Never happened again. Like, you want to start a band called the Metallica Pipe? I do declare it is a bittersweet symphony that slides. It really is. Because I'm a lucky man. Dude, I love that fucking first Verve record, man. It's great. That's oh, like yeah. Sonnet, Lucky Man, Bittersweet Symphony. Fuck it all. Richard Ashcroft, dude, he no. finally... He was finally granted back royalties on Bittersweet Symphony by Mick Jagger yeah. and Keith Richards. Right. Because he got super fucked because they sampled a Stone song. Well, they sampled it with, with permission. With permission, but I the, think the, the issue publishing was they company... Used it, they, they used it more in the song than, than they were expecting. But he never. But he got fucked out of the publishing. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest songs in the world, dude. Huge song. Played at every wedding. And he finally, like two years ago, they worked it out. So now he gets future publishing on it, and he got all the back royalties since, like, what was that, 96 or something? Maybe earlier, yeah. That was a huge song. Which, by the way, have you heard Richard Ashcroft's first solo record? No, but I bet it's fucking sick. I want to say it's called Songs for the Lonely. Let me look it up real quick. It's been a while since I've listened to it, but it is awesome. See what's coming. It fucking comes alive. Oh, oh. Doing those like tight bends. It's kind of dime bag bends. A song for the lovers. Close. No, no. Sorry. The single from that is a 2000 album by Richard Ashcroft called, called uh, Alone with Everybody. It was his first solo record after the Verve, and it's awesome. Dude, look at this guitar Kirk's play. That's the cover. Cool. It's fucking awesome. Cool. I'm going to check it out for sure. I love Richard Ashcroft. Look at that guitar. So that's is that the Nosferatu guitar where the eyes light up? Uh, Wayne, go back to Kirk. Let me see. Mr. Isham, I do declare. I do declare. I want to see Kirk's Might guitar. Might you please, begging my pardon, of course. 
crab Rob walk. doing the crab stomp. Oh, Whoa, oh what shit! Is... <laughs> that was the uh, w- that was like the Oompa was... Loompa. <laughs> My God, that was an awesome. Holy shit! You're still trying to find his rhythm in the bands. What's acceptable here? Not to die. I do gotta say, man, my version of this song fucking crushes. It does, yeah. I like that uh, Explorer. Yeah, the tour's cool. He used to play that on Sabbath True. Yeah. So it was kind of his down tune. And there was that long era where he did Sabatru on the, on the Camo Explorer. Oh, that was recently. Yeah, that was yeah. 2017. Right. Yeah. But but he played that. See that? See that vampire? I think it's... Is that a Nosferatu guitar? But I think the eyes, which are where the pickups are, light up. Okay. Um, he was doing the, the plated... that This plated Explorer, I right. think, during the World Magnetic Era. That was always his Sabatru guitar. Right. And then towards the end of the uh, Hardwired tour, wasn't it the Purple Explorer? He used that for, for Dream No More. That's right. Because so, that, that was the baritone. That's right. He was doing Sam on the Camo Explorer for a while. He was detuning the end of the song. Yes. But towards the end of the tour, he was doing something else. He was doing it on the white one. The white one. Yeah, he went from the Camo to the white guy. Yeah. Which was weird because before he was doing Moth with the white snake bite, but then he started right. doing Moth. I believe with Carl. Definitely did puppets with Carl. Yeah. Guitar solo. <laughs> Take it, Kirk. Shut They just can't land this bridge, bro. It's weird. That last line sounded good. Yeah. Totally for James's voice. That back to George. George. George of the John. This 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 riff part is great. Well, the last one. That. Yeah, it's cool. That's different than the album. This song could have been like in the vein of the Unforgiven. I think there's too many parts in it, but, but the melody on that could have been expanded upon. Well, this would have been okay. So this is the only song on the whole album that would have fit like classic ballad world, right? If given that treatment, yes, like Low Man's lyric, Unforgiven, um, 
you know, it, it has the slower, sadder sections. Yeah. But they kind of gave it the same anger treatment. Right, Which totally. makes sense, of course, but... Just it, there it goes, and Lars is off the drum kit again. <laughs> Who's doing that? Was that Rob? Da 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 da. That's James. James with his thumb. Oh, with his little thummy. All right, here we go. We got Purify. Mini agrees the first and last time. Low point. Hey, they played Purify more than they played Better Than You. That's crazy. Let that sink That's in. It has, Let that sink into your it butt. It hath sunken in, and it it blows my mind. I do declare it's sunk in, and it is a, a oh. wildly horrible, poisonous feeling. Pretty cool. This is pretty cool so far, though. Is this the day that Ethan that we become Purify fans? About to find out. Two guitars happening. His hands on the mic. Or is that bass? Only one guitar. It's Kirk on the right. That's bass. Ah, it's distorted. That's why. I, it is forgive distorted. me. Forgive me. I do declare. Oh, you're missing the. You're missing the fucking. You're missing. Look, look, check out Kirk. Next chorus. All right. Kirk doing a I'll full-on legato Cookie Monster. Love it. That's Kirk. <laughs> Love it. And those sixteenth notes on the hat. No need for it. It's a lot, especially when they're kind of splashy and open. Yeah, it's a little much. This riff's cool. Check it. And for as sporadic as all these parts are, Rob is fucking locked. He's fucking in. Dude. Well, think about it, man. He's gonna come out blazing, like ready to just be tight yeah, killer. Got some, even he, though the material, even though he's in the Metallica now, this is the fucking material he was served up. This is the first Ooh. thing he has to play. <laughs> oh, that's oh, rough. That's oh, rough. want to cover Purify just to see what's going on there. Just to see if we can bring something out of it. Might be. It'd I be, mean, it'd maybe. be kind of cool, right? That chorus could be good. Purify! Yeah, yeah. For sure. Dude, you got to listen to that Kitty record tomorrow. That's That's been a big revelation for me during this. It's like, this sounds like Kitty. Yeah. I wonder if Lars was listening to that band. Maybe so. Best part of the song so far. Cool. A lot of the parts just go by so fast. It's like, oh, this riff is awesome. Oh, they're done. Oh, bye. Bye. Oh, 
But then they re don't worry, they're going to repeat it. <laughs> Five more times. I like that skeleton part, man. Yeah. I ain't dancing with your skeleton. We got Lars with his tongue out like one Mr. Michael Jordan. Some would say. Yes. Listen to that double kick, man. Some Dire Z shit. Yeah, that was fast. That this feels awesome. like classic Metallica, right? Physically demanding record on drums. It's it's because seeing it seeing it all together like this, right? Like eleven songs in a row. Of right. What it takes physically to perform it. Yeah. Is really impressive for sure. I mean, I, 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 I can honestly say I don't think I gave Lars the credit until today. Yeah, totally. About I, the about the physically demanding nature of the material. I have no desire to ever sit down and learn this stuff, but I can acknowledge that yeah, it's. Look at him. That's why he stands up after every song, except for this one, I guess. That's not ever. He just has a little bit of vodka and soda. Well, the beat's weird. This is like a, in a weird pocket, right? He does this a lot. Crab walk. <laughs> <laughs> crab walk alert. I do declare. I, I spotted do declare. a uh, crab walk in the wild. I do declare. Is it? Is that a lobster if or a crab? If I may be as bold to say, I have spotted one uh, Esquire crab. You know, I was going crawdad hunting, but I didn't realize I was going to find a crab. Now, is that the blue crab, or is that a soft shell crab? I think that is the Trujillo crab. The Trujillo crab. Im imported from Southern California. I do declare I love a good Trujillo crab. Is this Dyer's Eve? <laughs> and then they end with the Freightens of Sanity. <laughs> No, this is all within my hands. Which they were saying on the subreddit today, by the way, Ethan, put a little mark in the sand here if you do declare, if you will. I do. They were saying this is another high BPM song. Okay. In terms of the actual BPM. Psych. <laughs> I have to switch sounds now. He's slapping himself on a wrist. He is. I declare. He I is. do declare. He's punishing himself. It's kind of like the intro to uh, Shoot Me Again. That kind of that wah, filtery, right. scratchy sound. Like, that's an awesome riff. Ba -ba. You may tap it out. In your quartz metronome, I do. Well, it's play. a quartz metronome application on my telephone. What are we at? Two seventeen ish. Two seventeen. Yeah, that's up there. That's up there where they're fast as shit. Dire Eve is like one ninety five. Ooh, I want to see how they do that Deftone sound. Remember that? Oh yeah. Ooh, James almost missed that. Ooh, so Kirk's doing it. I want to see how Kirk's doing it. And Rob is slapping. 
It sounds like Kirk's doing like octaves, but with some delay. Show Kirk, come on. Show Kirk, you butthole. Wayne. This is one of those moments where it's like, Lars, don't play that. The the Should open hat? Boom. It's just, it's distracting to me. Same thing here. Ooh, I think Lars messed up. I don't think Lars should be doing that over this section. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Rob's still going fucking crazy. Love it. Lars gets the MVP for sure. He gets the game ball. Yeah. He's shown so much energy, like a lot of athlete. Honestly, it's a lot of athletic ability, man. Oh, it totally is. Ooh, this is cool. You're right, dude. When he goes to that halftime, it brings oh, out the power of of the riff. Like, oh boy, Kirky boo. <laughs> you know who would have crushed those kind of BGVs? It's Jason. He would have, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's low hanging fruit, but. Nevertheless, I do declare to you it is true. Oh, I declare that it would have happened, but Kirk has given it his all. I do believe I will be giving Kirk a blue ribbon here at the Livestock Pavilion. It's almost weird to hear Kirk using a whammy pedal. That's no, cool, though. It's very cool. I'm into it. It's very that era, for sure. I'm, like, really into it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's definitely early 2000s. Here's my favorite sound again. Dude, Metallica, give me a whole record of his sound, dude. Or at least show us what Kirk's using. And Rob's slapping the bass again. He's slapping the bass, bro. He is. I love that Explorer, by the way. It's the third time he's used it. I love that Distress pick guard. I wish I could buy it for you, bro. Maybe no, you I can. could. Maybe, maybe, you can. Maybe, maybe one day you I don't know. Maybe one day one of these fucking horrible I mean, country songs I write listen. every day will make me some money. You're buying all those Jordan jerseys. Surely you can afford that. Hey, let me tell you something, bro. I'm not buying official ones because they're I know. the NBA official Jordan jerseys. Two ninety nine ninety nine. So I'm buying this wow. fake shit. Three dollars. <laughs> no, listen. It looks legit to me. If you show up this on the court, I'd be like, whoa. Well. I'll die if I let go. Yeah, so I have the 85 rookie jersey, but you better bet your ass I'm getting the normal bullshit. Plus, right. they, they started wearing black jerseys. The black jerseys were so tight. Plus, North Carolina. Yeah. 23. Plus, fucking Dream Team 92 Olympics. What about, the, what about Jordan the, was number nine. What about the Barons? You getting one of those two? For the white one, the home game ones? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Even though, you know, MJ didn't really crush it on the on the diamond, but... It's okay. It's part of his history. There was a fucking uh, hey, strike. Hey, Metallica didn't crush her on this record, but listen, here we are. I think Kirk sounds fucking great with a whammy paddle. I want to say he used whammy type stuff on the load reload stuff. Like, I'm thinking about the intro to Fixer. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That was a whammy. Yeah. 
He's like, dude, I haven't played this since Fixer. This is crazy. I don't know why I said it like that. That's not what he sounds like. <laughs> I haven't played this since Fixer. I haven't played this effects pedal since, I don't know, Fixer? This is cool. This sounds great. God, Hetfield's right hand. It's legendary, bro. Legendary. His right hand is the Michael Jordan. <laughs> it really Metal is. right hand. It really is. It's James's right hand, of course. I mean, you could find some fucking nerd, probably in Japan somewhere, who's got some crazy right hand. Of course, yeah. But it's James's right hand combined with his songwriting, yeah, his stage presence, it's the whole package. It's for the sure. whole package. Yeah. His vocal delivery. You know, there's just no one like Hetfield, right? Because when you think about metal frontmen, okay, who are the guys that come to mind? Right, Ozzy Osbourne, duh, Bruce Dickinson, Dave. Fuck that. That doesn't come to mind for me. Bruce Dickinson, yeah, Ozzy, Lemmy, uh, Dio, Ronnie James Dio. But yeah. Ronnie James Dio didn't play guitar. No, he didn't. Neither did Bruce Dickinson. Right. Neither did fucking Ozzy. Nope. So when you talk about got frontman guy, frontman slash rhythm players and primary songwriter. Yeah. So Dave would fall into that. Sure. Okay. Who else? Lemmy. Lemmy played bass. Play, bass, play player. bass. Right. Yeah. But he was a great player. Tom Araya played bass, uh, but not to this caliber, I think, as far as songwriter no, goes. No fucking way. Um, and he didn't write the songs. Right. Tom Araya didn't write Slayer songs. Carrie That's Hanneman and Carrie King. Yeah. So who who can even touch Hetfield? Nobody. Uh, I, I don't know. Exactly. I, I don't think yeah, anybody can. Nobody. I would love to touch him. You did touch him. You I shook did his hand twice. One time. Oh, you declined well, the. Sorry. Did you decline the... No, no. I got two handshakes. I meant one, one moment. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. I have touched Hetfield twice. That sounds creepier than it is. I shook his hand twice. Shaka. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Oh, here's the kill, kill shit. All right. Let's see how this goes. This is going to be weird. Well, that was cool. All right. Better than the album already. Better. Yeah, yeah. Way better. Still an insane part. Still weird. Yeah. <laughs> they had to keep it going. In typical Saint Anger playbook fashion. Okay, not great. But honestly, <sighs> ooh, a little clammy from Kirk. A little atonal dissonant ending. It's real Sabbathy on the ending. Yeah, yeah, doomy. A little bit of doom, doom in there. Doom metal. And then they were doomed to end their lives as moles. As moles at HQ. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Kill. Well, there we go. It sounds like he's like at least kind of making fun of it. Okay, Lars is snot rocketing. Man, I got a hand to Lars. Oh, there's Bob. That's the first time we there see Bob. Bob there at the end. Saying, let's go to fucking Hawaii. Let's bro. go to fucking Hawaii. All right. I got to say, man. So we're going to do some final analysis before we split? Yes. 
Lars, go ahead. MVP. MVP for sure, easily. As much as I don't care for that record, A, that was super fun, minus like two and a half, three songs. But dude, that is a physically demanding record on drums. As much as I don't like a lot of the parts on it, it's a fucking hard record to play. I got respect, dude. Totally, for sure. What about you? How do you feel? Yeah, Lars gets the MVP. I mean, all the boys, okay, yeah. So James coming out of the gate ready to play that material, ready to get excited. Right. It's fun to see. Neat shirt to have. Yes, please. Uh, Rob's going to crush no matter what because A, consummate professional. B, he's new to the game. He's got a lot to prove. Mm -hmm. He ain't slacking. No. So he's going to bring heat no matter what. Kirk, Kirk did a great job. He showed up. He fucking stepped up and showed up. He was super energetic. but But Kirk, to me, is just sort of consistently like that. Kirk... You know, we could point to a few things, you know, maybe losing the phone before Hardwired, some of the Hardwired solos being less inspired maybe than his previous work, and then some some uh, questionable moments on stage occasionally. But I think for the most part, Kirk shows up and gives a shit and yeah, wants to be Kirk Hammett. For sure. So the MVP does go to Lars for delivering an amazing performance of those songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely an eye-opening experience for, for being more endeared to the record. Yeah. Because... The big three grievances, right, that we identified in the last episode were the vocal, the snare, and the repetitive nature. Yes. What happened with this performance is all those small little sonic problems were improved, mm-hmm. not solved. The of problems course. weren't solved. Improved. But the guitar sounded better. The vocal sounded better. James delivered the vocals and the lyrics with more pocket and more passion and more confidence. There was energy there, too. So the, the, there was more energy. Yeah. Even though St. Anger is an energetic you know, sort of chaotic, insane record. It's a hodgepodge of Pro Tools edits. Mm-hmm. And and vocally, he sounds unsure on the album. And the he moments does, yeah. that should sound really angry and strong sound weak and unsure. Right, yeah. Which is a product of where his ego was. So uh, hearing him feel more confident with how to pocket the material, how to deliver it, made all the fucking difference. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, the snare being I'm a little s- bit better, the guitars being a little squishier, a little more Metallica sounding. You're able to hear those triplets, those chuggies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the takeaway being, man, if they had just ri- used that time to write the album, right. and go by the way, go ahead make the documentary mm-hmm. about that whole thing because you still get the documentary out of that. Yeah, exactly. But then the documentary gets to be about the writing process, so you can put that out super raw. All those vocals, James in the control room with an SM7, yeah, screaming, frantic, Lars right. screaming with the SM7 in the control room, fuck or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then let's say they take a few months away. Maybe they do a summer tour, a tour. But then they come so back. Honing, honing those songs in. And instead of recording it copy and paste, Mr. Roboto, I'm right, a robot. Exactly. They, they, they basically do it on the floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would, it would have been awesome. With, with Robert Trujillo. <clears throat> exactly. I think there's a question of, yeah, what could have been all that stuff. We're never going to get that. I think that's the closest thing. I think that was such a fun way to look at the record, listen to the record, watch the record mm-hmm. in a way that, yeah, maybe it could have been that way, but uh, I had a great time listening to it. Yeah, me too. Hey, before we end, yeah, um, we can say our piece in adioses. There's one person, besides my dog barking right now, which I should go tend to, uh, that wanted to make an appearance tonight. That I heard a little bit of carpet swishing. I did too. So let's go ahead and say our little outro and then we'll hear from a dear friend of ours. Okay. Well, let's get him in here because uh, you know, the dogs are barking, which by the way, that's a euphemism for your feet are tired. It is true. But there actually is a dog dog barking. There's a little dog dog literal dog bar- dog barking. I can't even talk anymore. 
and I should go tend to that. So let's go and say our little outro, and then we'll visit an old friend. You ready? Yeah. Peace. Adios. Many greetings, everybody. This is Torben, and I'm back with recipes with Torben. Today we're going to make a vegan Danish. Cheese Danish, that is. Two packages of crescent rolls. Most brands are accidentally vegan, including Pillsbury. <laughs> one package vegan cream cheese, two tablespoons granulated sugar, one tablespoon vanilla extract, one half tablespoon lemon juice. Optional fruit preserves of your choice. I usually go out to Lars's garden and pull some blackberries for myself. For the Danish glaze, you'll need one cup of powdered sugar, one tablespoon plain unsweetened plant milk, soy or almond, whatever you're choosing, one tablespoon of vegan butter, melted of course. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees, put the crescent rolls in there, however you like to roll them, I like to do triangles. Pinch all the perforated dough lines together so that it is one cohesive piece of dough that won't break apart, much like bands do sometimes. Do not delete this part. To make the cream cheese filling, place your vegan cream cheese, sugar, vanilla, and lemon into a bowl and mix them together with a handheld mixer. I prefer the handheld one. Old school. Place around one tablespoon of cream cheese filling into the center of each of your danishes. Optional, add one tablespoon of fruit preserve or blackberries from Lars's garden on top of the cheese filling. You just bake for 15 minutes or until it is golden brown. And these danishes are so good. We have them every year at Laza's house for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. This has been Recipes with Torben. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs> <laughs>